1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. The offseason is winding down, and I'm going to be 100% real with you guys. I cannot wait to go on, on, on this break. Like, we got a break coming up, and guys, I cannot wait. I'm just We're just here running on fumes uh, at this point. But there's one story that's beginning to gain some attention, and this story is centered around James Harden. Now, James Harden typically is not a player I pay attention to. He's not a player we produce any content around uh, because – I don't think it's something that the vast majority of our audience wants to know, Um, you know, the the, the life and times of what's happening with James Harden. Right. So you have that. But over the last few days or over the last few weeks, rather, there have been some reports of James Harden being disgruntled with yet another NBA team. Stop me if you've heard this before. Like, stop me if you've heard this before. James Harden is always upset as some NBA team dating back to the Houston Rockets where he scored all those damn points going all the way back to the Brooklyn Nets now he's with the Philadelphia 76ers and apparently he's already tired based on the reports that we've been getting over the last few weeks we've been hearing that James Harden no longer wants to be with the Philadelphia 76ers and some sources have said that oh he may want to go play with the Clippers I'm like Clippers you do that you go good luck with that right So, some people have been saying that he wants to go play uh, what is it with the Clippers. So, what happened? Today, I was actually going through my phone, and we want to put up a series of images here. And there are a bunch of of images that I saw, all from Bleacher Report and ESPN, excuse me. One image read, The 76ers have ended trade talks on James Harden and plan to bring him back to training camp per beginning of the season. Then another one says, James Harden uh had this to say about Daryl Morey Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he is a part of so then I said wait a minute there must be like some type of clip about this so we actually found a clip and I believe James Harden was attending a basketball camp and during his Q&A he took it upon himself to basically put the message out that he thinks that Daryl Morey uh, is a flat-out liar. So what we want to do is we want to play exactly what he had to say. It's about a twenty-second clip, and then we're going to come back and react to you know to, uh, to, to that. So take a listen to that there. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Me. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization
1: that he's a part of. Me. Thank you, James.
0: So you heard what James Harden had to say. You heard it. Now, I would not, I would never say that James Harden is in a group of players that that waste people's time because James Harden, for a very long time uh, in his basketball career, was somebody that produced at a, a very, 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 very elite level. However, James Harden over the years have de- has developed a few reputations. One of them is during the regular season, one could make an argument that he's the best player in the world. During the postseason, he transforms into the sixth man at the NBA or a guy coming off the bench. He almost always never comes through. That's the first thing that's 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 been said about James Harden. The other thing that's been said about James Harden is this. That James Harden is someone that is not bothered by losing whatsoever. As a matter of fact, there documented events in which James Harden has lost playoff series. And that very night, there stories of him being found in clubs, partying it up. How you do that? I do not know, but that's the story on James Harden. So what happened? I said, let me get a temperature of what some NBA fans think about this nonsense, right? So I went to uh, fadeawayworld.net, and this is via Legion of Hoops. And let me read you guys uh, some of the things that NBA fans are saying about your man, uh, James Harden. One person said, first First thing that comes to mind when you see this play, one person said, one of the best ISO scores uh, of all time, if not the best. Another person says, a quitter, Another person said, third best shooting guard, never truly got respect he deserved for his on-court play and production. One of the 30 best players that ever lived, revolutionized the game and the game of basketball forever. Another person said, regular season beast. (laughs) postseason season recycling, recycle bin, come on, man. Another person said, generational talent and scores. Oh, people, people were kind of (laughs) having, recycle bin, yo, I've never heard somebody get called a recycle bin y'all never i never heard that. i don't think i ever heard y'all ever heard that you call somebody a recycle bin no i don't ever. i've heard you call somebody trash but a recycle bin i never heard that but anyway so you can see some people are like oh he's great he revolutionized the game and other people's like bro this son be up there playing amazing during the regular season and when he gets to the postseason he just goes up there and and just you know stinks up the joint so those are what people had to say here are my thoughts First of all, where does James Harden even want to go? Number two, after we find out where he wants to go, the question should be, why does he want to go there? There were some reports in the past that James Harden actually wanted to return to the Houston Rockets. Now, you guys help me figure out who exactly on who, who do they have on the Houston Rockets that would make you think, oh, man, if they add James Harden, this team could potentially win the championship. There's nobody. The reports have been that he wants to go join the Houston Rockets or he wanted to join the Houston Rockets so he could play the, the brand of basketball that made him famous, which lets me know James Harden is not interested in winning whatsoever. To me, if I'm being honest with you, the only reason we're covering this story is because it's something that's trending now left to me. I would not be talking about this because I personally do not care what happens in James Harden's career because James Harden to me, seems like somebody that's not serious. Now, he is serious about playing basketball and about earning money, but in terms of really taking it seriously, I don't think James Harden is serious whatsoever. And there was a segment on, uh um, what is it, uh, speak for yourself or speak now, which was absolutely hilarious. They had the panel and they got to Joy Taylor and they asked her, what do you think about James Harden? And what she said, I thought was, I mean, it was hilarious. She said, but this is not a serious person. This is not a serious person. That's what she said. And the entire panel started cracking up because she's absolutely correct. James Harden is not a serious person at all. So for people feeling bad, James Harden is going to go over there, make a mess, go somewhere else and just not do nothing. James Harden strikes me as somebody that's all about his money, nothing but his money. And uh, that's it that's really it james harder doesn't strike me as somebody that's dying to win a championship he strikes me as somebody that's dying to get his money that's it and this entire thing by him calling daryl Morey, Morey, excuse me a liar is all about money anyway now if you're enjoying this show be sure to follow us on facebook at dreamers pro official instagram at dreamers pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show now let's continue to the next segment As you guys know, uh, Michael Jordan is widely considered uh, the greatest player of all time. He has a perfect record in the NBA Finals, and uh, with that, I think is even I think is it makes his legend even more profound. Like so many people, you know, um, are in awe of Jordan's legacy because he's undefeated in championship uh, games. But what happened? during the middle of michael jordan's prime he stepped away from the game of basketball for two years some say for a four sabbaticals there's so many stories around that right but essentially he didn't play for two years right and during that stretch the houston rockets led by Hakeem olajuwon you had vernon maxwell and all of these guys robert Horry, uh kenny smith they went on to win back-to-back championships being led spearheaded uh by Hakeem olajuwon now I didn't watch Hakeem's full uh, career because I was too young to see all of this stuff, although I've seen tape of him. I know that Hakeem Olajuwon has the best footwork. Him and Kevin McHale have been accused of having the best footwork of any NBA player uh, in NBA history. But uh, if you look at his resume, he's a two-time champion, two-time finals MVP, regular season MVP, 12-time all-star. He's been on six all-first NBA teams, three seconds, so that's nine, three, so that's 12. He's been a defensive player of the year two times. Uh, yeah, he won a defensive player of the year two times. He made five all-first defensive teams, four seconds on nine all-defensive teams. He was on the NBA all-rookie team. He led the league, listen to this, in rebounds two times. He led the league in blocks three times uh, throughout his NBA career. If you look at his career numbers, he's a 21.8 per game score. He averaged, think about this, 3.1 blocks per game. And in one season, Hakeem Olajuwon averaged and he at blocks per game and he averaged over four blocks per game in a season two times and damn near no three excuse me three times and the other lowest number after that was 3.9 oh my god oh my goodness then he also averaged 1.7 steals per game this is outlandish what the hell 1.7 steals per game as a center do you know how incredible of a de- defensive player you have to be to average three point one rebounds, three point one blocks per game throughout your career, and also average one point seven steals per game as a center? Do you know the level of activity you have to have in the the, the help defender and to be able to recover? That this is incredible. This is incredible, actually. He averaged two point five assists per game, but then on top of that, he, he averaged seven. Uh, excuse me, eleven rebounds. For his career, his career high is actually 14 rebounds in a game on 71% uh, free throw shooting for his career. He didn't take threes, I'm not going to mention that, on 51% shooting uh, from the floor. Now, here's something interesting about Hakeem. Hakeem Olajuwon, some people argue that he's the greatest center of all time. Some people even argue that he is the most skilled big man to ever play in the association. I mean, he gets that level of credit, and when you have players like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Amari Stoudemire, Dwight Howard seeking him out to learn how good to learn his footwork, that goes to te- that goes to show you the caliber of player he is. So today, I was going through the internet, and I came across a clip of Robert uh, Robert Horry, who was Mister Big Shot, Big Shot Bob, uh, Rob, or whatever you want to call him. Uh, he had some incredible shots throughout his career, somewhere even with the Lakers. Um, and he was a teammate of Hakeem. And during this interview, he was actually speaking, I think, at the Hall of Fame. And they were asking him to talk about Hakeem Olajuwon. And then he said something quite interesting about Michael Jordan, which was, according to Robert Horry, the one player that MJ feared in his entire NBA career was actually Hakeem Olajuwon. So what we want to do is we want to play exactly what Robert Horry had to say here, and then we're going to come back and react to his comments. Take a listen to that.
2: Can you explain to folks who might not again, be some of the younger folks, what made Dream so special? So, first of all, dude, everybody know who Hakeem Olajuwon is? Hakeem Olajuwon is, he, you should know how good he is when LeBron, Kobe, all these guys go to him for advice and on how to do his footwork. You know, this guy's footwork was some of the most amazing footwork you will ever see. But his tenacity in the gym, I mean, like, you think he was mad during the game. He was even madder during practice if the guys wasn't practicing hard or he felt like we weren't putting up, putting forth the maximum effort. And that's what you want out of guys. You just want to come to practice and play hard because if you go really, really hard in practice, sometimes it's easier in the game because in practice, you don't have timeouts. In the game you have timeouts, you have TV timeouts, but it goes to show you how great this guy was. I, I, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon is Muslim. And so during Ramadan, he's not allowed to drink or eat anything. So we had a noon game, and so you can't eat or drink anything through, through, uh, until sundown. This guy still puts up 40 points, doesn't drink any water, doesn't have a meal before the game to get his stuff right. That's lets you know how amazing this goes. And if you ask Michael Jordan what one guy he ever feared, it was Akima Lodge one. He used to call us, I'm scared of the big African because he's from Nigeria. That's what, that's what he used to say because, you know, and the people out here who are Chicago Bulls fans, I know this question comes up a lot. They always wonder those two championships we won in Houston, we would we have won them with Michael Jordan would have been playing? The answer to that question is yes because they couldn't stop Elijah. We might not be able to stop Jordan, but they couldn't stop Elijah. We did have a guy that could kind of slow Jordan down and Vernon Maxwell. So before that question ever pops up, yes, we'd have won two (laughs) championships if Jordan would have played.
0: So you heard what Robert Ori had to say. Now, as I said before, Hakeem Olajuwon was the real deal. How do you know this? Because even Michael Jordan himself said it. There's actually a video that we unearthed where Jordan was talking about NBA 2K. And during this clip, he was asked to list, his, if he had a pickup game, what players would he choose? So what we want to do is want to play exactly what MJ had to say, and then we want to come back and react to his comments. Take a listen to that there.
2: In a pickup game, who would I pick up? What five guys would I pick up to make sure I hold on to the basketball? Scottie Pippen, for sure. Magic Johnson, James Worthy, and Keem Olajuwon. I got no chance of losing. None at all. Elijah one he was in the top 10 in five categories. Steals, rebounds, block shots, scoring, and shooting percentage. You know what I mean? To have a big guy of his size to be in the top 10 in steals. Now, you can assume that he would be in blocks, which to me shows versatility of what type of guy he really was.
0: So you heard what he had to say. And oh, by the way, for the person that hates Scottie Pippen so much, who was the first person he mentioned on that list? Mm-hmm. Was it not Scottie Pippen? the guy he did dirt dirty there you go so you heard what jordan had to say um i was listening to uh what is it a video was it yesterday a day before yesterday from two raw for sports two raw for sports and he was discussing i think he thinks that wilt chamberlain is the goat in his list but he was talking about how damn good no 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 he was talking about shaq and hakeem and i think he said that hakeem Olajuwon. yes he said hakeem Olajuwon is a better center than shaq but the point is a lot of people respect the a lot of people respect hakeem and you know he ended up being one of the arguably the 10 greatest players of all time and uh it must mean it must really mean you know that they got some really good huts in nigeria to produce these type of players now, if you're enjoying this show be sure to follow us on facebook at dreamers pro official instagram at dreamers pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show now let's continue to the next segment as you guys know i'm a kobe guy and uh we recently got some pretty exciting news that uh arguably the greatest laker of all time some people say is magic johnson i think it's kobe bryant i've heard magic johnson himself say that kobe bryant is the greatest laker of all time uh, but we got some news that it turns out that kobe is going to be getting his own statue uh in front of staples center that used to be called crypto.com but now they're going to be i think they're going to be calling this staples center again right so this is some pretty big news pretty big news and um i think it's justified uh it makes sense for kobe to get his own statue i don't think that was something that was ever going to be in doubt even before his passing i mean he had that much of a legendary uh career for the lakers he was there with them for 20 years for the ups and the downs so uh it was a pretty big um it's a pretty big thing and i'm going to be excited to see what that you know what that statue is going to look like as a matter of fact um what i want to know is what do you guys think the statue is going to be i personally think the statue should be like a fadeaway. i think it should be like a fadeaway shot or something because you know he's so synonymous with those jumpers those fadeaway uh, jump shots i think that would be classic uh kobe but i guess we have to wait and see so y'all let me know what y'all think Uh, The statue is going to uh, look like. But anyway, on the subject of Kobe, you guys know we produced a range of shows uh, telling you guys why we think Kobe's in the top five, top three of all time. Some people have agreed with me. Some people have disagreed with me, disagreed with me, uh, whatever. But to me, I think that Kobe's legacy is underrated. I don't think that enough people spend enough time looking at some of the competition uh, that he had to face and really things started to change for kobe in the middle of his prime when the lakers were able to pull off a heist um, by acquiring uh, paul gasol that's when uh, stephen a smith had had infamous rant on kwame brown on i believe it was SportsCenter. and i believe bill walton was also on that show i think bill walton and rick carlisle were on the panel that day when he was when he was having his infamous rant on kwame brown but anyway Um, I came across a clip of Brian Windhorst, who's one of the NBA insiders, who was basically detailing how that trade was able to come about. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what Brian Windhorst had to say in this clip. And then we're going to come back and give you guys our thoughts. So, take a listen to that there.
1: How Gasol's arrival saved Kobe Bryant's last act as a Laker? Yeah. Because... That, that put everything together. They were already trending in the right direction. They had drafted Andrew Bynum. They had brock back Phil Jackson, Lamar Odom had arrived. They may have found a way to get there eventually, but the trade for POWELL Gasol, guys, you may not remember this. It was a scandalous trade. Yeah. Nobody could believe the value that the Lakers got. They got him for Kwame Brown and yes, Marcus Sol being an All Star, but at the time, Marcus all was a capital P project. Not even playing in yeah. the um, in the NBA, uh, a second round pick, and to make this deal happen, they went and got a guy who was an assistant coach on the Philadelphia 76ers. Look it up. Aaron McKee was retired, yep. coaching for the 76ers. They signed him, gave him a million dollars, and put him in the deal <laughs> to make the deal happen because. The Lakers literally gave almost nothing for this. They didn't, they gave so nothing that they had to go invent guys to bring off the bench. <laughs> there right. so was a loophole in the CBA that yeah. wasn't illegal. They ended up closing that loophole. But the one of the reasons why there was zero sympathy in the league for Chris Paul's trade getting voided, because the whole league was still pissed off yeah. about the value that they got for Paul Gasol. <laughs> and Gasol's arrival absolutely made everything fall into place. That team became an unstoppable. Forced. They mm. ENDED up winning uh, the West three consecutive years. Another couple of championships. Um, the, the Miami Heat really were formed as a way to try to stop the Los Angeles Lakers. They ended the Big Three's control. The Big Three in, in Boston, I thought was going to win multiple championships. No, not once Paul Gasol became a Laker. So certainly his individual career is is sparkling, but his impact on the league when he became a Laker. Is legendary, It's one of the biggest trades the last 20 years. And there's no doubt why the Bryan family has such an affinity for Pau Gasol. Because the Pau Gasol made Kobe's life bearable. Because when he was losing as a Laker, it was unbearable.
0: So you heard what he had to say there. So um, at the time, I remember when that trade took place. I remember it. And I remember their first game being in New Jersey. I think it was a New Jersey game on the road against Jason Kidd and these guys, if, I'm, if Jason Kidd was still playing, I believe he was still playing for the Nets. And I remember Kobe, uh, after the game, he was just, I mean, the elation on his face for the fact that he was able to get somebody as skilled, you know, a big man, you know, of that caliber that was as skilled as Pau Gasol, because Kobe was right there. Uh, he was right there, and all he needed was that other, you know, um, all-star to really help take uh, you know his hopes of winning an nba championship over the top and essentially that uh, that's what happened so some people i know have pushed back on me when i say that kobe bryant is a top three player of all time uh but i believe so so let me just give you guys uh the information of what happened after the lakers were able to acquire a Paul gasol because what ended up happening after that was nothing short of legendary let me get into let me give you guys some information as you guys know uh, some of you may know kobe Bryant was in the peak of his powers he was the best player in the world period end of story he was the guy um he was a standard in the nba that everybody was trying to live up to uh, and you saw this on the olympic team you, employ, you 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 put somebody like that on the team and all of a sudden the whole entire energy of that bat of that ball club uh, totally changes that's what happens when you have the best player in the world and the fact of the matter is how can you not be the best player in the world where people are following your work your 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 work habits how can the how, like if if I'm better than somebody? Why am I following their regimen? So it just goes to show you that in, in fact Kobe and Kobe Bryant was head and shoulders above the uh, above the rest of the league. So when they were able to pull out that trade, what essentially happened was the Lakers would go on a two year run. Right, it was a three year because they went to three straight championships. But anyway, they went on a two year run, and in a two year window, the Lakers ended up beating more fifty win teams in a two year stretch. magic johnson beat in his entire playoff career i want you guys to think about that for a quick second in two years kobe and the lakers beat more 50 win teams than magic johnson irvin magic johnson faced or beat in his entire nba career from 2008 To 2010 the lakers beat nine teams with a five with a 50 plus win record in the playoffs but i personally believe that run that they had in 2009 2010 that was a season that for me put kobe bryant over the top along to go with just how good of a basketball player he was because in round one that year they beat the oklahoma city thunder that featured james harden kevin durant and russell bestbrook with Serge Ibaka. that was a 51 team second round they beat the utah jazz with darren Williams, and these guys if you remember then you remember if you don't know then you don't know those teams were really really tough those utah jazz teams especially especially excuse me playing in utah then in the third round they ended up beating the Phoenix Suns, who had a fifty-four and twenty-eight record, and then the one that sealed the deal for me was when they went to the NBA Finals and faced another super, another another fifty-one um, team, which essentially was a super team. When he went again, when he went against three top seventy-five players in Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett, and by the way, that team still had Rasheed Wallace, Eddie House, Tony Allen, uh, Nate Robinson, and Kendrick Perkins. Although Kendrick Perkins was in and out of that series. And they were able to beat that series, which to me made that run so impressive. Now, throughout that stretch, throughout that stretch, because Kobe, if I'm not mistaken, is the only player in NBA history. And I could be wrong about this. Um, and I think it may be him and Akeem Olajuwon, but I think it's just Kobe that has won back-to-back championships against top 75 guys, multiple top 75 guys that never had a top 75 teammate. Kobe was the only one. Now you can talk, point to the Shaq, Shaq and Kobe run. Yes, you had that run as well. But the run with the Lakers, who was the other top 75 guy? Uh, Paul Gasol just got inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. So you have Paul Gasol, but who was the other person? So to me, um, it, it, I mean, it was nothing short of sensational. Um, during those runs, his splits were 29.2 points per game, six rebounds, 5.5 assists on 45.8% shooting, 37.4% shooting uh, from the three. 84 percent shoot 84.2 percent shooting from the free throw line and he scored uh, and he got you 1.2 steals a game during that year so to me man um that's just one that's just just one example uh one example now if you're enjoying this show be sure to follow us on facebook at dreamers pro official instagram at dreamers pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. now let's continue to the next segment We're gonna be talking about Ben Simmons again, Ben Simmons. Now, it's important that I mention this: that I'm already, there's somebody already oiling up the machine to produce a video. There's somebody that doesn't like uh, that I make videos about Ben Simmons. Uh, he and he always goes off on me for making videos about Ben Simmons, which is his, I guess, his current favorite player. Now, the irony in all of this is that this person's from New York, based on his accent. And his favorite player growing up was, uh, I think his favorite player of all time is Jason Kidd. And I don't know how you go from Jason Kidd to Ben Simmons, but I can kind of see the similarities. But here's what I've noticed as somebody that grew up in New York. Man, yo, dudes, yo, son, listen, for the people, for the people, for the younger cats watching this video from New York, we got to stop with this nonsense, man. I'm being serious. We got to stop liking players that we know may or may not end up being extremely great players what am i talking about we gotta stop i not notice this is this is what new york dudes do anybody watching this video from new york if i'm lying correct me in the comment section tell me tell me i'm capping grew up in new york you know who my first no uh wasn't my first but yeah yeah you know my two f- first favorite players in the nba guess who they are it was kobe and guess who else goddamn steve francis steve francis my cousin who's from new york you know who his favorite player is De'Aaron Fox. Is De'Aaron Fox a scrub? No. But De'Aaron Fox is his favorite player. And for whatever reason we like point guards. And then now I'm listening to this dude, his favorite player was Jason Kidd, but Jason Kidd is a top 75 guy, a hell of a player. But we and then of course he likes, we just got this thing where we be liking dudes. And I'm like, yo, of all the NBA players, man, like Devin Booker, like KD, like Giannis, man, why we why do we do, why do we do this? Like, why do we yo. Any person from New York watching this video that fought, that watches ball knows exactly what If you stop that average New Yorker on the street and you ask him, "Who's your favorite player?" They're going to say somebody like Trey Young or something like that. They, 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 will ne- they will never like a top 10 guy. I don't know if they like the underdog or whatever it is, but that's just something that I noticed. But anyway, back to this, uh, back to this. So sorry for that uh diversion. Back to Ben Simmons. As you guys know, uh, I've always stated, and I'm gonna reiterate the point again, that Ben Simmons uh is wasting everybody's time. He's absolutely wasting everybody's time. I pay him no mind. I don't give I I mean I already knew that Ben Simmons is somebody that's not serious. This was my outlook on him. When he came into the NBA, he had a lot of promise. Uh, you know, when he came in, he was playing well. He made some all-NBA teams, uh, all-NBA, all-defensive teams, showed tremendous promise. I thought one here, he should have won the defensive player of the year over Giannis Antetokounmpo. He didn't win it that year. So Ben Simmons was on this upward trajectory. And then all of a sudden, it's like he just lost his way somehow, right? Lost his way somehow, ended up becoming a nuisance in Philly, before he ultimately got traded to Brooklyn, where he's even stunk. It's like somebody Ben Simmons walked in and threw a threw a threw a stink bomb in the arena in in in, in, the, in the training camp facility, and that was a wrap. Like you're like, yo, Ben Simmons is here. So, as you guys know, the FIBA games are going on, and there's been a lot of talk around that. And uh, some players have been making their commitment to teams, various countries that they want to support, et cetera, et cetera. Giannis pulled out, out, said he's not going to be playing in the FIBA FIBA games. And other players have pulled out, whatever, whatever. I think Nikola Jokic is not uh, participating as well. Then I came across, uh, what is it, a tweet from NBA Central a few days ago via ESPN. So let me read what it has to say. Australia's head coach, Brian uh, Gorgian, says he's not going to beg Ben Simmons to play for the national team. I'm not recruiting you. It's important for it's important for the country uh, where you're not going. Please, Ben, please. We don't have anything if you don't play. We are not like that at all. So the head coach of that team has basically stated that he's not going to recruit uh, Ben Simmons to come play. Now... I actually did some research on this topic and based on some of the reports that I found, I heard or I read, excuse me, that Ben Simmons expressed interest in playing and representing his country. That's what I heard. Now there's a wrinkle in all of this. What's the wrinkle? The wrinkle is Ben Simmons is um, rehabilitating or was rehabbing from an injury. He suffered based on some of the reports that I've heard. I have heard that from reliable sources that Ben Simmons has made a 100% full recovery and is expected to return to himself and come into training camp healthy. I heard the same thing about Kawhi Leonard. Now, here's what's important about Ben Simmons. Whether or not he plays in the international games is absolutely irrelevant to me. It really doesn't matter. What matters instead is what his game is going to look like this season. Here's some information for you guys. Ben Simmons is only 27 years old. He's only 27. He's still a very, very, very young guy. And he just turned 27 in July. He just turned 27. So he's still very young. Ben Simmons has only played in the NBA for one, two, three, four, five years. So Ben Simmons should have at least a 12 to 13 year career. What does that mean? What I'm saying is there's a lot more work for Ben Simmons and there's a lot more work that needs to be done by Ben Simmons. Now, let's get to the the most important thing here, why I said I'm more focused on next season. Last season, in 42 games, playing 26 minutes per game, Ben Simmons scored 6.9 points per game. He shot 56%, 56 56.6% from the field, but he only attempted 5.6 shots a game, which is incredible. Um, He shot 0% from the three, nothing new there. He shot 43.9% from the free throw line. That is a staggering number because his free throw shooting percentage dropped by almost 18 percentage points in one season. The year before, he was shooting 61.3%. He then got you 6.3 rebounds, 6.1 assists, 2.3 turnovers, and 1.3 steals. Here's the point Ben Simmons is not living up to his contract. Now, some could say that, well, he was injured. Okay, good. He was injured. Is he still injured? No. So, what does this mean? What it essentially means is that coming into this season, Ben Simmons needs to produce. No more excuses. No more, is this guy's fault? Is the coach's fault? Is, this, is, the, is the weather in New York? Is this person's fault? No. Ben Simmons needs to play well. And I assure you, if Ben Simmons plays well and he has a stellar year, trust me, the narrative on him will change this is not the media doing this to ben simmons it's ben simmons doing it to himself those numbers are the numbers he produced not doc rivers not Joel Embiid, not me not any other naysayer out there is ben simmons so if he wants the narrative to change he must change and he must deliver and i'm going to be eager to see the development in his basketball game this year and to see if ben simmons has actually taken a step or not Thank you for listening to today's show, and don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.